Welcome again to OC Theater. Someone is feeling classy. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm trying to defeat the just the 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 anger. <laughs> The, the vitriol that I have in my fucking heart right now. Oh yes, my. please. Sorry. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome Next back water. once again to Aren't You Glad We Watched the OC, where reports of Rosa's demise have been greatly exaggerated. I'm Sarah. And I'm Evan. Any and all pronouns. And Evan is hydrated. <laughs> Evan. Daddy's back. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so I spoke with Steve not too long ago. We were carpooling. The, the mythical Steve. The mythical Steve, uh, who said something along the lines of like, he was like, I feel like a character in your podcast. <laughs> I'm like, well, you kind of are. So I was talking with Steve and... He said something along the lines of, it really doesn't sound, he said on the podcast, it doesn't sound like you do like the show. (laughs) And I would like to take a second to address that. Um, This, I don't think this is about us liking or disliking the show. I think this is about you having missed a huge cultural touch point when it was airing. And I am teaching you more or less about why American romance culture is fucked up, partly because of this show. I'm I'm going to say liking <laughs> like like is an interesting word. Yeah. You know? I feel this is worth addressing because do you remember the early days of podcasts? Um, we're talking like, um, what was the one that Cereal? Steve really liked? Um, are you talking you two to me? Do you remember that one? Uh-huh. There was a genre of podcast where two or more people would um, consume the exact same piece of media again and again and again. They would do it every single episode, mm-hmm. right? They'd watch just the same thing over and over again. Do you remember that genre of podcast? I don't know if that was a genre, dude. It was. There was. There were multiple people that, that watched the same terrible movie, for example, like okay. 80 or 90 times, and then they talked about it, right? Listeners... Hop into our DMs. Jump and tell onto me that what old talking about. boy. For as long as Twitter is going to exist, uh, <laughs> for as long as Twitter is going to exist in the near future, uh, our Twitter at is orange you one. Uh, so that's at orange the letter U the number one. Maybe we'll get an Instagram. It'll be just reels of us screaming in agony. There you go. Uh, maybe we'll get a TikTok, and it'll just be 
yeah, just just clips of us like throwing things at the television <laughs> and just saying, fuck you, Seth. Fuck you, Seth. I fucking hate you. <laughs> anyway, and that was, so this episode would be no exception. Okay, so you're real, real. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm in the weeds. Field. I'm in the weeds. I'm in the weeds. Yep. I'm bringing it back. I'm reeling it back in from the weeds. Okay. And the cattails. Um, oh, what a joy it would be to just be among the cattails right now. <laughs> There would be, there would be no OC there. But anyway, yeah, okay. So there was a genre of podcast. I know I'm not wrong, where people would essentially torture themselves for I the enjoyment there were like of others. One or two. There was like seventy, like say at least sixteen of these, and they would watch things. Like, wasn't there one that watched like the Santa Claus two like thirty two times or something like that? I don't know. Okay. Anyway. For me, this is not that. I needed to draw. I needed to draw that distinction. This is not. I'm not being Sisyphean in this. I'm not pushing this boulder up up the mountain only to roll back down again. Right. But you are. I'm. I'm not. I'm not making a deal with God. You know, <laughs> none of that. This is. This is for me. This is a critical journey across a landscape. That you're right, that I missed. It was a landscape that you, the people that watched this show, and it was in syndication, it was a journey you all took together. Not syndication. Syndication means something has been on forever and can get residuals from repeats. What am I saying? When it was originally airing. airing. Yeah. yeah. When it was originally airing. Um, it was a journey that you all went on together. So this is land that you have trod. We're we're walking in your footsteps. Recording. We're we're walking in the footprints left in the cracked earth of these. I'm picturing it as like a salt flat for some reason in my head. If you only see one set of footprints in the salt flat, it's because Seth Cohen was carrying. I was <laughs> Seth would not do <laughs> shit for me. You know that. Sandy Cohen carried me. Sandy. That's who fucking carried me was Sandrew goddamn Yanthony Cohen. <laughs> Sandrew Yanthony Cohen. <laughs> oh my God. Episode 10 uh, titled The Perfect Couple. The Perfect Couple. The Perfect Couple. Again, they're real clever with the titles. I, they really love a title that applies to all of the worlds that they're touching on. They love a title that applies to both kid world and adult world. Uh-huh. And so far we haven't had a, well, no, I'm sure that we have, but a lot of these episodes and, you know, whatever, I think it's probably pretty clever to do. So um, the topic of the episodes, the adults world and the kids world mirror each other. Correct. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and interact with each other all the time. Jiminy shit miss this fucking show. <laughs> Good God. I was having a kind of a stressful day to begin with. Um, and in a weird way, this extremely stressful episode made my day less stressful. I don't know how that actually works, but um, maybe maybe <laughs> watching the imaginary drama of very messy people uh, subtracted a little bit from the own drama of the messy people in my life. I don't know. That's why we do this. <laughs> That's why we do this. For your mental health. It's cathartic. Uh-huh. Well, I wouldn't say it's... It, well... Who knows? Yeah. Take take one episode of the OC and call me in the morning. So what happens in this episode, Evan? 
Okay, Steve, I want to preface this by saying it's really good for everything I just said, where it's like, this is not about me hating this, uh, this show. This is about me reliving this show. You know, this is about me going on this adventure with you. You're my Sherpa. You're my guy. Yeah. Right up this hill. So, I mean, just to interject really quick. Yeah. There are shows that we just straight up love and we love immersing ourselves in the world of the characters, but there are also other shows that we watch that are pretty dramatic that have not great people Mm -hmm. in them, but Mm -hmm. you're still invested weirdly in their lives. They're far less soapy than this one. (laughs) And there are far less soap opera actressy looks at the camera, but it's still something that you're invested in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Succession is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone is terrible and I could watch them forever. So... To, to finish the thought really quickly, um, you know, having just said this is not an exercise in me disliking this show, it is going to sound, it, this episode is going to sound like I hate this show. Everyone is a shit in this show, basically. Everyone, this episode in particular, boy, when we get to the end and we talk about our heroes and our villains, I'm going to have a rough fucking time um, discovering a fucking hero. Because everybody is just a shit in this episode. Oh my god, everyone's th- just a shit. You think Ryan's a shit? <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. Okay. To answer your question, what is this episode about? Well, we open Teen the Smoochville. episode in hardcore Teen Smoochville. I have to say, upon rewatch of this show really internalizing the age gap between uh, Misha Barton (laughs) and Ben McKenzie. These are less sexy than they used to be. What is the age difference? So you can clarify. She is 17. Yep. And he is 27. Well, then. Yeah. That does complicate things. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Because they are V smooching. It is. They're V smooching. It is a smooching is to smooching. He, they're doing the thing where she's on her back and he's sort of on top of her in kind of like a half on, half off kind of way. And they kind of like trail the camera up her body in the mm-hmm. very first shot in mm-hmm. a real weird like porn setup kind of way. Yep. And he does that thing where he like, she's like arching her back uh-huh. and he like grabs her by the rib cage. Right. And of course, she has like the world's smallest shirt on and extremely low rise pants. And it is what it is. Not smaller than who's the lawyer? Oh, Rebecca. (laughs) Rachel. 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 Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. (laughs) That's the other fucking thing we need is a shirt that says we'll get to that. (laughs) Because, oh boy, will we get to that. So, okay, they're smooching. Um She's like, I have to go. I have to get back to my dad's house. And he's like, do you really smooch, smooch, smooch? And that's how we know they're in the pool house. Yes. Um, she's like, nah, I have to go. And he's like, really, though? Smooch, smooch, smooch. Um, and they're smooching. And there's a knock on the door. And No, first they talk about having a date. Oh, that's right. Yes. Generally, when these two characters talk about wanting to spend time together in a future point, 
that is a signal that is absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, that's how you know that there's not a chance in hell yeah. of that actually happening. So then there is a brief knock on the door by Kirsten and she just kind of blows in and she's like, ah! Because <laughs> they're still smooching. And they're like, ah! Yep. Yeah, and uh, Ryan's like, Aah! and uh, 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 Marissa's like, Aah! and uh, <laughs> Kirsten's like, uh, and it's very awkward. Uh-huh. And and uh, Kirsten's like, oh, sorry, I, I just, what, why the fuck was she coming in again? I don't think they ever got. Did to it that. ever actually get no. to that? No. Um, but and she says, uh, so Marissa's like, uh, oh, I was just leaving anyway. And she ducks out and... Uh, I think in this scene, she calls her Kristen. I think they really? don't... Yeah. <laughs> I think they didn't go back and edit that for continuity. That's hilarious. It's very funny. So Barista excuses herself. She leaves. Uh, R- R- Ryan's like... In a cloud of pheromones. <laughs> she traipses into the night. <laughs> and before we cut to... Before we cut to the opening credits, Kirsten says, This never happened with Seth. Da 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 da. I love the consistency with which Seth Cohen's parents neg him. Like, it is wonderful. It's great. They burn him constantly. Yes. Anyway, they're a stand in for the audience. Just saying what we're all thinking. (laughs) Oh, fucking Seth Cohen. This episode does contain, I believe, so far the best Seth Cohen burn. Not delivered by a parent. Is it delivered by Caleb? Ryan. Okay, we'll get there. It comes much later. Much later, okay. Because Caleb Nickel also has his own bizarre burns that he that he likes to get in there and yes like you said daddy is back but they're all things about like your rib cage is yeah. tweedy or like yeah, right like, how old are you you walking scarecrow <laughs> and again he's just saying what we're all thinking you know okay but getting back on track then shit gets weirder so yeah okay after the commercial or after the the title intro. after the title yeah intro credits um I'm blanking entirely on what the fuck actually happens next. Sandy is like, you walked in on them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Kirsten, they're kind of discussing it. And Kirsten is of the opinion that he should have the talk mm-hmm. with Ryan, mm-hmm. which I feel like as a person who has a history of being employed in the service of underprivileged people. I know that an attorney is not the same as like a social worker, but I feel like you would have some awareness of the fact that yes, teen kids need to have proper sex talks and not giggle about it and then compare it to your personal sexual situation, which Oh, no. Have you not had sex for like two or three weeks, Sandy? You poor thing. I'm going to talk with my mouth full because I'm eating cookies because I need I need sustenance after the show. Apologies. Um, she says, she says, don't you don't you think you should 
<laughs> you should have the talk with him. And he says something like, well, he seems to be doing fine on his own. It's like, no, Sandy, we didn't actually mean have a talk with him about how to get more poon. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about maybe discuss like, yeah, safe sex. Maybe talk about like, you know, um, respecting the household, you know, and like. Respecting women. Yeah. While you are trying to get the poon. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, Sandy's basically like, well, at least someone's gonna get some fucking in this house because God knows my dick is dry as a fucking bone. No, she also said something about the the way that set up, that comment is set up is she says, well, maybe we should talk to him about doing it in the house. And he was like, well, at least someone is doing it in the house. At least someone's dick's gonna get a little moist at least. That's <laughs> what Sandy says. At least... At least someone's lips are getting a little fishy in this place because it sure as fuck ain't mine. Is what Sandy says. It's very upsetting. Okay, so. And that's when uh, Ryan comes in and he's like, and he's like, oh, hey, slugger. The important thing is Seth doesn't know what's going on when he does come in. Seth doesn't know what's going on when he does come in. He asks everybody repeatedly to tell him what happened, and they all ignore him, as they should. <laughs> Seth should constantly be ignored. Um, so there's a conversation, again, paralleling the one that happened at the beginning. Uh, Sandy and Kirsten make plans to have a date night later that night. They have both been working very hard on their respective ends of this legal battle. People will remember from last episode, Rachel from Sandy's legal firm gave him the case where uh, they are representing the wetlands and uh, the, the, the opposing side is Caleb Nickel, his company, and obviously Kirsten. Who, who wants, wants to develop the wetlands? He wants to put his dick all over the wetlands. <laughs> Sandy does not want him to put his dick all over the wetlands. So, um, Sandy and Again, Kirsten... Again, it's the wetlands that definitely exist yes. in Southern California. Yes, these obviously actually protected wetlands that have not yet been developed to hell and back by some Silicon Valley fuckwit. Um, anyway, so they've been missing each other uh, because Sandy's been pulling really late nights... With Rachel. With Rachel. And when when we get to this point, I guess I can talk about sort of my reaction to it. But Kirsten, quite understandably, is like, oh, she's awfully pretty, huh? And Sandy's like, I wouldn't notice. I, I, got, I got eyes for you as alone, babe. He doesn't say anything like that. But when she's like, um, oh, she says this later, right? Where she's like, doesn't Rachel's boyfriend miss her? Yeah. And Sandy's like, eh. She ain't got no boyfriend. And Kirsten's like, oh, how convenient. <laughs> so they're making plans for this date. They're kind of smooching on each other. Yeah. Um, I believe Ryan and the wrist cuff. The wrist cuff <laughs> is back again. I don't think your theory of the wrist cuff is accurate. I what think, was my theory? Like it conveys a specific emotion when he's wearing it or mm -hmm. a specific like character. Characterial. That's a word. Mindset. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't think I think they just slap it on him whenever they want to. He was he was in a lot of earth tones in this episode. It browns I, and tans. Yeah, I don't know what does that usually mean. Well, okay, if we were trying to read into it. Oh my God, we have an order of business that I didn't mention up top. The whole discussion last week about whom clothes an extra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about I it. Talk about it. was right. You were a thousand percent right. Can you give give a little context and a little, little explanation? There are multiple goddamn articles that I sourced on the World Wide Web's. That that's, the internet, that's the information superhighway. The information superhighway, the one created by Mr. Al Gore. <laughs> the the Alfred Gore. Um, and it is, as I said, when there is a casting call put out for extras, you are supposed to wear as close as you can to uh, the genre of extra that you are being casted as. If you are like a featured extra, if you... Um, get a larger part than just like walking across the quad or whatever, <laughs> then they might clothe you in something more specific. But just like a sea of extras, duh, obviously I was right. They don't have the budget or the time to clothe everybody. The end. I am curtsying. You correct. Yep. You win. Good job. I win the prize. What's the prize? <laughs> Is it a sock monkey? <laughs> I dropped my phone, everybody. <laughs> that's no, how we. That's how excited we are. Very excited about all of this. Um, careful. So, uh, while Sarah retrieves her phone, um, we move from. Oh, we can talk about. Yeah. So we what? He's he's got earth tones. If we wanted to read into it, we could say that. Um, He's chaotic neutral. Well, I th- well, like normally you could say like a character is what like grounded, you know, or something like that. But I don't think that that actually holds water in this episode. I feel like it tracks. Yeah. Yeah, because he's very honest with Marissa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he? He is. Well, he is honest with her at the end. He takes like five minutes to warm up to being honest, but he tells the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Do we move to kid kid do we move to the school? Um yes. Um Here are my notes. But da da da. I went too far in my notes. Sandy at the office is next. Oh no, that's that's way down there. Sorry. Kids, don't drop your phone. You'll lose your place in your notes. <laughs> when you're doing your podcast. When you're doing your podcast. <laughs> you'll, oh. you'll look oh so unprofessional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you're not home by 10 o'clock, I'm starting without you. Yes, that's what Kirsten said. Is that the first allusion to like, does does Kirsten have a vibrator? Is it a good vibrator? Is it one of those weird glass vibrators that you keep in the freezer? What were the kind of vibrators that would have been popular? Wait, what? That yeah. would be so cold. Some bitches like Why that. Why would you? A friend of mine did that. She oh, had, no she man. was very weird. Yeah. No, hey, I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to yuck anybody's it might crystal have, freezing vibrator. It might be to freeze the germs. What? I don't know. What? Anyway, vibrators. Knowing what I know about very cold things and putting your like tongue on them. Vibrators in the early 2000s, I think, were pogs. Which, 
<laughs> when did the rabbit become popular? Would that be right around then? Was that Sex in the City was Was that the rabbit? The rabbit, right? I think 2003 probably the rabbit would have been flying off store shelves. Yeah. So does she have a rabbit? Hit us up at Orange U1. <laughs> before Twitter self-destructs completely. Um yeah, no, I think this is the first allusion to uh, women pleasuring themselves. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. Yes. It's one of those things that would have absolutely flown over a kid's head. Yeah. So, I love the it. The second she said that, though, I was like, oh, this date is not happening. Yeah. Like, nope, that's it's going to get canceled so quickly. Yep. Yeah. Then we move to the school, correct? Yes. Okay. I have this whole opening in caps lock. What? <laughs> Um, they're walking on the quad. This is where Ryan is wearing a lot of browns and tans and Seth is like, so tell me everything. I want details, right? Yeah. Yeah. What did you do with Marissa? And he's like, nothing. Yeah, he was like, nothing. And there's a lot of like... Oh, sorry, keep going. Ryan kind of looking at Seth when he asks a question and Seth inferring an answer. Yeah, so Seth is like, but you have like done it before, right? And Ryan's like, look. (laughs) Uh, And Seth's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, that means you have. And like, uh, blah, blah, blah. But with how many people? And he's like, look. Right. And Seth's like, oh, uh, uh, God, I'm going to kill myself. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's not been my lived experience. Uh, Is what Seth is saying. He says at one point, so while I was playing Magic the Gathering, you were losing losing your virginity. This is slander to Magic the Gathering. (laughs) Have you ever played Magic the Gathering? No, but I think that very interesting and sexy people have. Absolutely. Yes. yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know some absolute, I know some absolute freaky kinksters who love Magic the Gathering. John Darnell's Twitter, RIP Twitter <clears throat> biography says, I want to play Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And he's a sexy person. He is a sexy person. Yep. 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 What do you think John Darnell speaking like dirty sounds like? Well, because no, he actually can have like a normal speaking voice because you were you you played an excerpt of a book that he reads his his latest book, The De- Devil House. Devil House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not sponsored by John Darnielle, the Mountain Goats or the publisher of Devil House. John Darnielle sponsor us. I hope you die. <laughs> I hope we both die. No, no, no. no. This, is, this is John Darnielle doing sexy talk. You ready? Yeah. Okay. We're very sorry, John Durney. This is gonna be really bad. I'm sorry. I can't even get myself to do it. I'm already laughing at my own stupid joke. You can hear me. I hope you come. I hope we both come. <laughs> John Darnell get in our DMs and tell us if this is accurate. That's or do you want? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I can't so Seth is being gross. Seth is being gross. Seth is being gross <laughs> and weird. And Ryan's like. Oh. Ryan's like, yeah, I'm just not really used to like going on dates. Yeah. He says this multiple times to multiple people throughout this episode, as even though apparently he has quite the sexual history 
he does not actually have a lot of experience going on dates. You don't have time to go on dates in Chino. You're constantly either fucking or running for your life. <laughs> Stealing cops, setting houses on fire. Stealing cops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stealing cops. <laughs> So this walk is juxtaposed with against uh, Marissa and Summer's walk and Summer says <clears throat> what does Chino that's his name now apparently it wasn't like the first or second episode when Summer talked about him mm-hmm. yeah this is needless getting into the weeds um what does Chino know about dating where he's from they don't even have a PF Changs <laughs> <laughs> the height of luxury in dating yeah <laughs> P.F. Shanks. So now we're at Sandy oh, at the we, office. We can't forget about another oh. thing that Summer yes. says, though, which again is just like it, it, it reveals how this show potentially, how the writers of this show potentially reinforced harmful stereotypes about sex and sexuality. Because um, she's like, how come you haven't done it? You already blah, blah with Luke. And Luke she's like, took st- care of the, the hard, hard part. Uh, she said Luke took care of the hard, all that hard, painful stuff or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and Marissa says, uh, you know, I'm still getting to know him. We've never actually gone on a date. And, that's and she also says, and look how that turned yeah, out. Yeah. And look how that turned out. You're not wrong, Marissa. As a side note, this episode is totally Luke free. Which is great because I cannot imagine how they would have worked him in on top of all of this. Yeah, I do appreciate in in serialized television like this, where you have sort of a rotating cast. I do really appreciate how um, you can just you can just remove a character entirely <laughs> just for the sake of convenience honestly mm-hmm. like what the episode before well, the episode where where julie is just conveniently absent you know when well, you're totally right like it wouldn't have made sense um plot wise you know but like he still goes to the same school ostensibly ryan still has like soccer practice with him but there was no soccer practice in this episode i don't think we ever see soccer again (laughs) oh but also here's another point when we're talking about uh ryan taking marissa on a date he Mm -hmm. says i don't have a car i don't have any money you had a job yeah two episodes ago my friend you have what are you fucking spending your money on my dude did you quit maybe he's not going to the job anymore because he has school what did he do with all the money from the job and he spent it all on wrist cuffs (laughs) and neck chokers (laughs) yeah he's not paying rent like what the fuck happened to his fucking money from his fucking job unless they are making him pay rent do you think they are maybe i don't know there could be a dark undercurrent to the cohen's i wonder if interesting that's another one of those headcanon things. I don't actually believe this. I'm no, sorry I don't think that yeah. I brought it up now. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't. They would absolutely not charge him rent. Mm. Right. They've essentially adopted him. Correct. And clothed him in neutral dirt tones. <laughs> He's very earthen. <laughs> there was an eggplant colored shirt at one point. Oh, shit. I didn't clock that one. It was very sunsetty. I bet he would look really good in sort of an eggplant. Yeah. Purple clothing is difficult to source 
well. It was like a brown purple, like a like a clay. That's my favorite clay. kind. Yeah. No, I really love that. Like a dark, sort of desaturated. Yeah. 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 There was a time when I used to put like when I used to shoot wedding videos and I would edit them. I wouldn't make them. I did a lot. Of, I, way, I way over color corrected a lot of the a lot of the wedding videos I used to do. But I would aim for that sort of tone all the time. Nobody ever really complained about it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it really depended on the season. Uh, I did this great autumn wedding. Um, the, the bride had this incredibly bright red hair and they had it in autumn and they had it outside uh, in the what was it? It was the military academy. Uh, beautiful leaves. So that one I did. That one I color corrected for more autumnal, um, autumnal colors, golds, stuff like that. You know who else has red hair? Julie. I think she's bottle red, or is that real? That is not real. That's lady. no. That's absolutely not absolutely real. Absolutely not. No. No. Um. Okay, Sandy's at the office. Yes, Sandy's at the office with Rachel. Rachel talks about his sex life fucking constantly. He's like. Sandy's like, I would like to leave early tonight, please. And Rachel's like, why? Hot date. Hot date. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Like to see my fucking spouse. And she says, Sandy, you're cheating on me. With, with your, your wife. wife. This is one of those things. Okay. I hope that we don't see much more of Rachel after, after this. this. Mm-hmm. Because... The note of her character has been pizzicatoed. It is still reverberating throughout the concert hall. Mm-hmm. Scoot your chair in a little bit. But then it's done. Scoot your gotcha. Yeah, no, you're right. She's entirely she's entirely one note. It's basically just what's in your pants, Sandy Cohen, and. I mean, it's relatable. We would all like to know what is in Sandy Cohen's <laughs> pants. Does it have eyebrows? <laughs> it, oh, God. His pubic hair is just two perfect eyebrows <laughs> above his hog. <laughs> Does that mean it would be at the base or the tip? Uh, the, the, because I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like the erection goes up and the eyebrows go up. Right? <laughs> yes. Peter Gallagher. <laughs> The base, yeah, it's at the base. Peter Gallagher, let us know. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ! Okay, um, yes, Rachel's Rachel's whole shtick is extremely one note, uh, and at the very beginning, when her character was first introduced, I was really hoping that they would not they would not pursue that very cliche, very tired very rote plot point and to my disappointment they do but it's later in this episode not in this first scene so they're talking about what do they have coming up they have the the it's not a hearing it's it's a meeting but what do they keep referring to it as arbitration something like that yeah it's essentially like it's it's what everyone is hoping to be the final settlement between Caleb Nichols company and the district the the, the county the state the state that has the wetlands yes yeah okay baby's girl it is not no 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 it is not and that's what so uh right away in this conversation sandy decides to cancel his date with kirsten because rachel's like you're gonna go home and have sex with your wife while tomorrow we have the biggest day of this case cohen and he's like, uh, 
I guess I guess it'll I guess the sex will be even better after the after the meeting. So yeah, I guess it could wait another day. He says the date will be better after this is over. He does not say the sex will be better because that would put him on the same level as Rachel. This is I you know, it's this is this is the this isn't I'm not I'm not saying the letter of the law. I'm saying the <laughs> spirit of the law. You know? What does Sandy really mean to say? You know, he's like, hey, you're right. Maybe it'll, it'll be a little easier to warm up my girl if she doesn't have all of this stuff hanging over her head. She'll be plenty warmed up. We already established that. <laughs> Thanks to her rabbit. Uh-huh. Meh. <laughs> That's not what it sounds like. That no. was like an old door opening please, very slowly. Please stop. <laughs> Every iteration of what you were about to like do. An old haunted just, door just, slowly opening. I am getting a spray bottle <laughs> and I am going to spritz you. Uh, okay, so then we cut to Caleb Nickel and Kirsten and she says, I guess we can have that working lunch anyway. Working dinner. Working dinner. Uh, and he's like, oh, your, your husband canceled on you again. And she's like, eh, guess so. And uh, Caleb, like a protective father, uh, alludes to Je- what? Don't what? What? what, what? If you're gonna say no, what no, no, I no, think. no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay. not, I'm not, no, 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 no. no. So right. this will be totally appropriate. Okay. You can you can take over if you want to. You know what he says. You think the thing that he said that I physically recoiled and threw up into your hand? <laughs> About I forgot about you that. forgot about that. God, I wasn't as traumatized by it as you were. I guess. <laughs> what is he? It's something Reader. so awful. It's so awful. No, it is really awful. Maybe I just don't remember it because I was like uh, uh, repressing the memory. Reader, he says, you cannot trust any man, but your father. Yeah, it's super gross. So gross. Super gross. It was. It was definitely reading. Like those dads that do like, they have like what those like promise ceremonies or something with yeah. their daughters yep. and they like quote unquote marry their daughters to themselves until they get married to their husband. Mm-hmm. So fucking gross. Yeah. He's also like her, her, her. Yeah. Rachel is working a lot of late hours with Sandy. Don't you think her, her, her. Yeah, exactly. Daddy is not great in this episode. Well, okay. Now, I, I okay, I mean, I, okay, everyone she's look, really looking at me. Like she her jaw is dropping. But let me please try and explain. Let me please please try and explain myself. Again, I really look for for the characters' actions making sense for their point of view and their relationships in the show and also what information they're privy to. Because we are an omniscient um, viewer, right? We get everyone's point of view. So we know what the truth is. We know who's doing what with whom. And we know that Sandy ain't done shit with Rachel. We know for goddamn sure that's the truth. But Caleb Nickel, from his perspective, he's a raging anti-Semite. So he doesn't like Sandy to begin with. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Just saying, we know that. He's not a big fan of Sandrew Anthony Cohen to begin with. From his perspective, he knows he's seen Rachel before. Uh, they've had uh, they've had at least one meeting, I'm pretty sure, in the past. So he knows she's attractive. Uh, he knows, uh, anecdotally from Kirsten, that Sandy has been spending a lot of time with Rachel. 
and Caleb loves his daughter. So he hates Sandy, loves his daughter. I think that it's very natural, you know, in his character to be protective in this way. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying I'm standing the guy. I'm just saying it makes sense and it's consistent. Are you saying that you have this opinion at this point in the show? Because as the omniscient viewer, Mm -hmm. you also are privy to the aftermath of the thing that happens at the yacht that we haven't gotten to yet. But Kirsten makes some excellent goddamn points. She does. Yeah, no, you're correct. So, yeah, I'm making this statement knowing what the characters would have known at the time. Yeah. Yeah, not knowing what I know Uh in the future. Uh Uh-huh. But it might still also kind of work for what's in the future. I'm just saying. I don't... I'm just saying, from Caleb Nichols' perspective... Oh my god. I'm fucking all this shit up. Okay, there we go. I'm just saying from Caleb Nipple Nipples. Caleb Nipples perspective. Good old Caleb, Caleb Nipples. Nipple. I'm saying <laughs> from Caleb Nichols perspective, Sandy Cohen is suspect. That's what I'm saying. I disagree fundamentally. Okay. Um then why do you think he says what he says to Kirsten because he's de- he's deflecting from a major plot point that we have not gotten to yet because it has not happened sequentially. All right, okay. The return of Caleb Nickel and Julie Cooper, who were both absent mm-hmm. in prior episodes, mm-hmm. I have in my notes. If by chairing the children's hospital gala, you mean butt stuff, <laughs> then you're correct. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when he says the only man you should trust is your father, because Kirsten walks into a meeting, heavy, heavy finger quotes, listener slash reader. <laughs> that Julie and Caleb are having. Julie lost access to the original yacht that she wanted to have the children's gala hospital <laughs> fundraiser. <laughs> fundraiser. Uh, what does she say? We're building a new wing for the children. <laughs> what else? <laughs> for who else in the children's hospital? <laughs> <What else laughs> <would> you- <laughs> We're building a squash court for the... Uh- <laughs> Me? For Brett Favre's daughter. (laughs) Yeah, and she says, Caleb's really been helping me out. Mm -hmm. In the butt. Now, here's the thing. And I'm wondering if your reading of the first episode where we meet Caleb Nickel and Julie, uh, if if you remember, okay, they're at the party and Jimmy is trying to make good with... What's his name with Caleb Nickel? Um, because he is trying to get a job so that he can uh, regain some of the prestige that he had in Newport's community, right? And he falls flat on his face, and Julie says, Let me show you how it's done. And she goes and she makes nice with Caleb. And at that time, my reading of it was she was just trying to play the social game among the moneyed classes um, 
to maintain what level of prestige she still has. And I'm, I'm wondering, can you remember, you're shaking your head, but can you remember, and this is, this is back in 2003 when you first saw it, can you remember if you foresaw some, some, something more happening between Caleb Nickel and Julie then, or if you remembered, if, if, if in this, this viewing, if you remembered it because you've already seen, because at that time I had absolutely no inkling that anything more was going to happen between Julie and Caleb. This is a needlessly complicated answer. Um, to address the first part of your question, I was extremely stupid in 2003. Like, clinically stupid. <laughs> like, this week, I found an old blogspot.com blog that I kept in 2001. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I would know it was not awesome. I had to go to the work restroom to compose myself. Wow. It was not good. No. Anyway, I was very stupid. I did not pick up on it then. But a combination of me knowing kind of what happens, I have a very faulty memory, but I do know some of the larger plot points, the bigger beats that happen in this series. And I know that they end up together. But also just reading Julie from a real mercenary perspective. <laughs> She's a mercenary. She's going to do whatever mm -hmm. it takes. And I feel like in that conversation with Jimmy, even, it was really implied. Like, I will... I will be the... She's not as young as... Who is the person? Brittany? <laughs> oh, God. I can't even remember now. In that episode, we'll call her Brittany. Mm -hmm. But she has red hair. <laughs> and red-haired people cannot be trusted except in bed. <laughs> Wait, what? That's that's what they say. <laughs> that what they say about red-haired people. <laughs> can't no. be trusted except in bed. Yeah. <laughs> the well-known adage. Correct. The old yarn. Everyone says it. Everyone says it. <laughs> I think I've seen that needle pointed somewhere. <laughs> It's in a bed, bath, and beyond, I believe. So it was a combination of those two things that made me absolutely know that this yeah. was coming. Okay. Okay. I was oblivious. I just thought that she was... You just want to see the best in Julie Cooper for some reason. Yeah. No, I really do. I really do. Uh, and she continuously reveals uh, my ignorance in that regard. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. As they say, oh, you sweet summer child. So, okay, where do we go after that meeting with Kirsten and Caleb? Um, we go to, oh, that's the, I don't have a car. I don't have any money. We're back at the quad. And Ryan is talking about how nervous oh, he is about yes. this date. But also another thing that I did not mention when I was expressing my skepticism about Ryan totally has money or had some at some point. Mm -hmm. If they let Seth destroy two ranges Rover, <laughs> why would he not be allowed to borrow someone's Range Rover to go on a date? Very true. With Marissa Cooper. Very true. From the next door. Yeah. No, there's a lot of structural inconsistencies in this whole thing. Yes. Yeah. 
But they get us where we need to go. Well, because the girls come upon them and um, Summer says something like, oh, I hear you got a big date. Oh, no, that's right. They're like, what are you talking about? Uh, and Seth is like, so what they were talking about was uh, pretty sure fucking because um, <laughs> Seth was like, how do you how do you where is the clitoris? And that's when the girls come along. <laughs> And uh, they're like, what are you talking about? And Seth Ryan is like, you're just not know where <laughs> the clitoris is. Absolutely not. And Seth is like, oh, we were talking about your big date. And uh, Seth's like, yeah, Ryan's got big plans. He says it's going to be the best date ever. Ever. And this <laughs> of course, things that Ryan did not say. Uh, and Ryan's face immediately is like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's obviously not what I said, you piece of shit. Now you're fucking setting me up for massive failure. And Summer's like, ooh, the best date ever, huh, Chino? Yep. And Kirsten's like, I can't wait. It's gonna be great. And she like smooches him on the cheek or something. So Anna comes back into this at some point while they are on the quad. Yep, 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 yep. And Seth says to Anna, what do you think Summer's favorite movies are? And Anna says, and I wrote these down, and I made you repeat the names to me several times Yep. because I continue to be stupid, <laughs> listener. Battleship, Battleship Potemkin. Potemkin. Seventh Seal, and Shoah. Yeah. I have so much to say about this, and yet nothing at all. Well, right, she's making fun of Summer, which is her favorite thing to do because Summer's stupid, right? She's not in... in, No, she's making fun of Summer in every other spot in this episode, but she's also pick-me-ing. Oh, yeah. Because she is a figment of a writer's imagination because... Teenage girls can't have heard of any of these movies. Well, she's from Pittsburgh. What do they have to do in Pittsburgh? Do they have VCRs in Pittsburgh? It's 2003. P.F. Chang's in Pittsburgh. Do they have P.F. Chang's in Pittsburgh? You're right. Okay. To use a term that you taught me uh, on this show, she is analoging. Look at me. Look at you. I'm taking what I learned and I'm applying it. We're also supposed to be beat over the head with a metaphorical frying pan of this is a person whose interests and hobbies are extremely aligned with Seth Cohen's. And why is Seth Cohen continuing to pursue Summer is supposed to think the watcher of this episode. Yes. And we think it all the fucking time. All of the fucking time. All of the fucking time all of the fucking time all of the fucking time (laughs) (laughs) but we would also like to airlift anna out of there (laughs) and tell her to love herself yeah and get her a therapist yep it is never too soon to get a therapist nope absolutely not yeah so they they mentioned a number of times wow (laughs) let's start that one over they mentioned a number of times that they are friends. Yes. Uh, Seth says that he is her friend. Anyway, so she's like, some and of this, some of that. he always tacks it on the end of a sentence. Yeah, you're right. The end of a thing that could be construed as they're going to like do something as part of a relationship. And he's like, pal. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Anna. My friend. <laughs> yeah. This is my date, Anna. 
who is also my friend. I mean, friend. Yeah. Um, so Anna makes the good point. She's like, oh, my fucking God, stop talking about goddamn summer. You never shut the fuck up about summer. OK, but also here's a counterpoint. This is what she explicitly signed up for. <laughs> she is literally he was like, help me get summer. So, yeah. And she was like, OK. Yeah. But she does make the point, you know, OK, stop talking about summer. And he's like, I thought we were friends. I thought we could talk about what's important to us. And she's like, yeah, this is me talking about stop fucking talking about summer. And he's like, OK, no, that's right. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't capitulate yet. He needs to talk with Ryan first. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's right. Uh, does the scene happen before that? Yes, because he is in the breakfast adobe. The breakfast nook. I, I, I'm calling is it the, the waffle maker anywhere within sight. <laughs> you mean the bagel slicer? Sorry. <laughs> I do mean the bagel slicer. <laughs> He's in the breakfast nook, and you see a shot of him talking to someone. She says that I th- talk about summer too much. I don't think I talk about summer too much. What do you think? And then we pan to... <gasps> and I nearly spit my fucking dinner out while we were eating. Rosa! Rosa is back! She is back. She's not dead. Has she spoken yet? <laughs> or human no. trafficked. Yeah, I nearly fucking spit my dinner out. I was like, oh my fucking God, it's Rosa. She is back. She is on the scene. Still no no, no fucking speaking lines. No speaking lines, but she does give Seth an extremely withering stare. Yeah. And Seth's like, fine, maybe I do talk about it. She's as sick of this fucking twit as everybody else is. I love, I love that even people without lines get to nag Seth. Yeah. Everybody gets to. I love this for us. Even, even just with body language. <laughs> Good on you, Rosa. I'm glad you're still kicking. Um, Ryan comes in, right? Yes. Yeah. And Seth's like, do I talk too much about summer? But we're skipping over something. Oh, shit. Um, I have galas are back. Whom is getting punched? Yeah. <laughs> bunch of exclamation points so this is when uh oh do we have the scene where marissa goes back to jimmy's house first no marissa because that's where the gala even comes up yeah i think that's where it says galas are back home is getting punched because julie announces the gala and is like hey we can all be a family again yeah so marissa comes into jimmy's apartment she's like hi dad and who the fuck is there but julie i love the way that marissa reacts too she closes the door and when she sees her mom she goes oh like the wind comes out of her sails so fucking fast it's wonderful and she's like what are you doing here and uh jimmy's like hear your mother out and you know she says honey why don't you sit here she makes a very compelling speech she really does but we also in the benefit of hindsight know that she's being nice to cover her ass yeah 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 yeah. so we think that probably we're gonna ascribe this to julie's character motivation like going forward now okay i'm gonna run this by you no this is a genuine question this is an absolutely genuine question i'm not gonna be goofy i'm not gonna be tongue-in-cheek there's not gonna be a voice no no no, not gonna be a voice i promise what do you think julie's motivation is for inviting kirsten to the boat because knowing what we know now about 
what she's doing behind the scenes and sort of how she is securing her future. I don't think that there is a specific uh, rationale behind inviting Kirsten to the boat. I think she's assuming that she's going to keep this thing that we haven't talked about yet under wraps. Mm -hmm. And it's just the done thing because there are people in the neighborhood that she wants to look good in front of. So you think it's just for looks? Yeah. You think Julie wants to maintain an image of a happy family that are together because she does keep saying things like you could move back to the house. Yeah. What? I don't want to completely discount the fact that she is, she's Marissa's mom and I do think she loves her. You're not approaching this from a soap opera. Walk me through it. Walk me through it. Educate me. Julie's character, what Julie shows you is what the show wants you to know about Julie. Julie's a villain. Mm -hmm. Julie does extraordinarily well at being a villain. But she doesn't have any more depth than that at this point. All right. All right. I'm willing to accept that. Your problem is you keep trying to treat these people as human. <laughs> so really, are they are they melodrama archetypes? Uh-huh. All right. I'm going to have a hard time approaching them from that angle. All right. We can we can pretend they're people. If if it'll make you feel better. I mean, whatever. You know me. I'm going to continue looking at their actions and judging them based on those. Okay. So Marissa goes into the pool house Mm -hmm. after this scene to be like, hey, (laughs) you should come to this thing on the yacht. It was great. She was like, so I know we had plans for our date, and I know that you were super excited to do the thing that you were planning. But how about we hang out with my family in a place that you have definitely never punched anyone yet? I do love Ryan's first first reaction, though, before she pitches the idea of the gala on the boat. When it looks like she just has to cancel or something or change plans. And he's like, oh, no, oh, oh, darn. Oh, yeah. My plans that I had totally those real plans that existed. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that he's been totally bailed out by whatever the fuck she's about to talk about. And she calls Ryan. She refers to him as. Her boyfriend. She says, uh, Ryan's really trying to weasel his way out of this, by the way. And this is something where um, I am, like I said in the beginning, everybody's a total fucking putz in this episode. I'm Ryan. Oh, sorry. Ryan is among the putzes. He is trying to weasel out of this thing. Now, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, he, he historically has a difficult time in these situations. Absolutely. Yes. Correct. However, his motivation with everything that they've been talking about in this episode, with all the conversations that he's had with Seth in particular, they're always focused on the fact that he's never done the girlfriend thing. And that is what I see as his guiding, you know, um, 
his motivation. There we go. That's that's what I see as his motivation for trying to weasel out of this. He doesn't want to actually fucking dive into this thing, you know, head first and be a boyfriend. He just kind of wants to putz around a little bit, get those smooches, have her sleep over, you know, get in those low rises. That's kind of what I think his his major thing is at this point. I disagree 400%. Okay, give me your rationale. Every other time that Ryan has been confronted with a situation like this and had said, I don't want to go. This is not a good environment for me. We have applauded him for saying he knows his limitations and he knows his uh, audience, whatever. And uh, this is the same thing. This is the same thing. He wanted to plan something with Marissa, but he feels that he has a lot of financial and uh, car (laughs) real. His limitations. Yeah, he has limitations. And he's getting a lot of pressure put on him from external sources to make this date the best date. So I don't see how this is any different. Yeah, I guess I'm just looking at the text of this episode. Uh, and it, to me, it looks like he's trying to be wishy washy. Worse than Tyra Banks. He's trying. He's trying to weasel out of uh, any kind of obligations. You are worse than Rue Charles Paul. <laughs> Look, I mean, I just calls him like I sees him. You are worse than and every reality television show acting, host. His face acting that you specifically rewound to make sure that I caught because I was taking a bite of salad looking at this thing. Uh, we eat salad, everybody. He, he, he was like, you know, we kind of had like a thing. And, you know, that thing was like, we were kind of going to bone, you know? That's, that's what it says to me. Not that's what, what that it says to me. Meant. That, that is, is what that meant. That is what that meant. That literally meant, I was hoping to bone you, and if we go to this gala thing, I know for a fact that ain't happening. That meant that he has the pressure of planning the perfect date that has ever existed taken off of his consciousness mm-hmm. for now mm. because they have to go to this stooping, stupid fucking Agree yacht disagree. party. Agree Let's to get disagree. to the yacht, well, yeah, shall what we? She, what she does say, though, you're right, though, and it's super cute. She says she's trying to convince him to come and she says this is when a girl needs her boyfriend the most and smooches him and he's like, oh, bo- boyfriend? Uh-huh. um sandy and kirsten are cock blocked by the wristband again (laughs) they make promises to see each other after the settlement meeting and this again is deep foreshadowing that that will never happen not gonna happen nope seth invites anna to the yacht we continue to hate seth or all of my notes on that scene yes um okay so he has promised he's, so he's, he's the, promised ryan and he's promised anna that he's not going to talk about summer anymore is this the return of the limericks um i can't remember when that happens but i let me, think yeah they're walking on the quad and he's like i can't believe that they didn't take my limericks in the whatever mm-hmm. i'm going to 
protest. No, no, he says uh, that's censorship. And Anna says, well, I'll, I'll organize a protest immediately. Uh, and he's like, well, it should include bra burning. And she's like, you. Yes. Is that when she invites? Because now she's promised, he has promised Anna that he's not going to talk about summer. And he realized in the conversation with Ryan that because he talks about summer all the time, that's the reason summer isn't interested in him. Mm-hmm. So he decided, okay, you know, that's pathetic. I need to stop talking about summer all the time. So, oh, no, he decides to invite Anna because that because he's talking about this thing. And then Ryan is like, hey, there's someone invite? who's available. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. And he says, oh, I guess I could go with a friend. We're going to invite this Newsies. Yeah, extra. she's wearing a fucking Newsie cap that's jauntily cocked to one side. The 2003s were a dark time. Yeah. <laughs> I had that hat. I had like three of those hats. I had one of those hats. <laughs> Why did everyone? I was still have- wearing those fucking things up to you. Probably actually, you you know, I used to have one of those hats. I used to, yeah, wear it to shows. All I know is you showed up to our first date in a giant fur hat with <laughs> flaps on the side and a huh? hammer and sickle, hammer and sickle on the front. <laughs> You married me anyway. I did. I did. <laughs> it was cold. It was very cold. It was cold. And I didn't I say I would be the guy that would come in with the weird hat? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah. like it's like saying I'll be the one with the red, you know, bouquet R- or whatever. Armband. Yeah, the right. I'll be the one wearing the carnation. I'll be the one in the shirt that says pool boy at the vampire mansion. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, Seth invites Anna to the yacht under the misguided principles. Her earrings in this episode, they even comment on it at one point. She's wearing a number of earrings in this episode. All of them are very dangly, and I spent most of my time looking at her earrings. Well, the thing about having very short hair like that is you have to like convey to the audience that you're not a lesbian. <laughs> You do that with big dangly earrings. Big dangly earrings and dumbass hats. No, I guess that's fair. Yes. And a lot of layering. She loves to put a vest over a sweater. A lot of layering. Um So we go to the penultimate meeting. The meeting that's supposed to be the last meeting. To yes, Caleb Nickel and his lawyer and Kirsten on one side of the table and Sandy and Rachel on the other side of the table. Caleb, Caleb's all over everything. Yep. Kiki has disappointed daddy. Yeah. Oh, boy. He goes hard in the paint, though. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, because uh, so apparently uh, we're we're to understand that Rachel has been doing most of the talking. She's like, this is, uh, you know, the wetlands. Uh, what she says that. um uh, the EPA's environmental report shows that the wetlands adjacent to the heights, uh, sh- or no, uh, the heights uh, adjacent to the wetlands should remain wetlands. And Caleb's like, well, counselor, why don't we just decide that the land adjacent to the adjacent land should remain wetlands? And the land adjacent to the adjacent to the adjacent land should be wetlands. And why doesn't just all of Newport become wetlands, counselor? I mean... It should. Yeah, I'm like, I wanted to be like, yeah, that's a great idea, Caleb. Fuck you. <laughs> um, she's like, you know, what you don't you understand that, you know, this is not how it works. And he's like, OK, so this is your big this is it. This is your cat and pony show. Show me the give me the figure. What is it going to take 
for this to go away or whatever. And mm-hmm. Sandy uh, passes a piece of paper across the table and Caleb picks it up and is like, all right, this meeting is over. Uh, and also, fuck you. Uh, and, you know, you didn't say anything, you you know, weak little shit. Whereas uh, I know for a fact that you're fucking uh, fucking around with this uh, two piece whore behind, you know, the back of my lovely daughter here. Uh, so why don't you suck my left nut? And uh, Sandy's like, don't mistake my silence for don't let my silence mislead you here i'm taking you down yeah okay sandy finger snaps yeah 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 yeah. drop the microphone but don't actually because these are nice microphones they are nice microphones um and we have it on good faith uh shout out to uh jay holmes uh whose little kid uh (laughs) threw the microphone (laughs) it looks like a baseball is the thing it looks like a, a, a fun thing that you would heave across the room yeah but uh, they don't. Uh, they don't stand up to that. No. Good. Good audio quality. Not very ruggedly built for the heaving. No. The heaving and the hoeing by a, a large two-year-old. A very strong two-year-old. Anyway, that okay. meeting goes catastrophically. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh, our boy Sandrew leaves in a huff. And after he's lo- after he's gone, Caleb leans down to Kirsten, and he says, um, "What does he say? Something like, looks like I struck a nerve.' Uh huh. Yeah." Fuck you, Caleb. God, he's so sexy, though. Just <laughs> doesn't it just make you even a little angrier? He struck the sexy nerve. Is what he struck? <laughs> Looks like I struck a cock. <laughs> looks like I struck the vein. Looks like I stroked a. Looks like I stroked a frenulum there, huh, Kiki? <laughs> Is what he says. <laughs> um. Ryan tries to talk Marissa out of going to the yacht because you uh, think it's motivations that are impure. I think he just doesn't want to be witness to punching anyone (laughs) or party to punching anyone. I think he genuinely is just like, no, thank you. He wants to leave behind his punching days. Yes. Yes. I'm forgetting where this where this is in the the order of operations this is uh sequentially next is this in this is this in the evening yeah because when does he see what he sees in the evening is it this scene yes okay um julie apologizes to ryan she's like you clearly care about my daughter and if you didn't know what we, the viewers, know, you'd be like, oh, Julie is, she's... Yeah, she even hugs him. She hugs him, and he's yeah. like... Mm. Yeah, obviously he's very nervous, yeah. or he's at least, you know, defensive in his stance and in, you know, what he gives her kind of, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but from the viewer's perspective, it really looks like she's making an effort. Uh-huh. So he finally is convinced to go to the yacht party, um, this is when we talk about limericks and bra burning. We're just jumping this. all over the place, We're, Steve and Mary. How is I'm really this, sorry. Yeah. How is this any different? <laughs> it's not. It's just um, no cohesion in this thing at all. Summer uh, says she is also going to go to the yacht party during this whole conversation. But only after she finds out that, that Cohen is going with Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Which... This whole plot point is so tired, and I'm so tired of it, <laughs> really. They, they are not the OTP. I'm so fucking sick to goddamn death of Seth Cohen pining after Summer, <laughs> and Summer 
in any way giving him the time of day or night or evening or twilight or the gloaming or whatever the fuck it is. Or she, 11, 12 a.m. She needs to leave him alone and vice versa. So she turns around and is like, I'm going to the app party too. And she grabs a torso. I'm bringing this guy and she storms past Anna like body checking her and then grabs this like seven foot tall torso with hair yeah and like puts her arm around him so fucking weird it is so fucking weird it's so out of left field I just I don't like it I cannot abide (laughs) this fucking plot um so then we're back at the breakfast nook because they don't ever film in any other spot in this house <laughs> uh sandy and kirsten have a bit of a verbal spat. yeah sandy's like what the fuck was that yeah <laughs> like you things between you and me should you know should you you what you shouldn't be confiding she's like don't fucking he's like don't fucking talk to your dad about our marital problems and she says you're never home who yeah would i talk to who am i supposed to talk to yeah and he's like well so why don't you talk to freaking jimmy cooper then and she's like nice seeing you and leaves and as well she should because he's being a little bitch right now and because there are literally no other rooms in this house <laughs> Ryan is like kind of pressed against the stovetop. yeah he's like cooking something what is bacon I don't know what he's making he's making sure. something like looks like pasta or something like that so he like wrist cuffs out of there <laughs> awkwardly well Sandy grabs him and is like so how are you doing how's that oh, that's uh, right. you and Marissa it looks like it's getting better than I got at one point Sandy literally says, oh, you never get married. To quote Homestar Runner, in a pro pro. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gross. I mean, I can. I sort of understand a little bit mm-hmm. people who aren't uh, used to being around functional teenagers. <laughs> Who aren't Seth Cohen. <laughs> and also Sandy doesn't. Sandy's one male outlet or friendship so far has been Jimmy. It's true. He doesn't have like a poker night. Yeah. That no, he is he really like. Doesn't. Guys. Fellas. Tell you about my wife. Thank my wife, please. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. We at least the, what we've been shown. He does not have. A group of male friends. So Ryan absconds to the balcony where he sees. Yeah. Yep. What does he see, Evan? Well, he looks down at the Cooper house and who is being dropped off and entering the Cooper house. But one Julie Cooper and And one... Caleb, Caleb Daddy Nichols. Nichols. <laughs> Caleb Z Zaddy Nichols. Uh, Caleb Nipples. Uh, and just in case. Just in case you, you didn't know. <laughs> would perhaps misconstrue. Or think may, mayhaps they're friends. Or, or they're having a business meeting. Just in case you were of that mindset. They smooch. They smooch hard. And then Caleb goes inside. And Julie is following him, but she looks up and sees Ryan rear windowing them. Yeah. 
And oh my God, the look she gives Ryan as it she is, goes in the house. Again, it is, she's just. It is daggers. She's fantastic. And she is broad swords. Yeah. She's staring claymores <laughs> at this child. Those eyes say, I will unmake you if you so much as breathe a syllable of this. She says, make sure my name doth not tarry even towards thy mouth. Keep my name out thy mouth, child. Thy mouth if. Lest, <laughs> lest I hex lest thee. Lest I smite thee. Lest I smite thee. <laughs> With dragons. <laughs> it's look, very... This look she gives is just fucking incredible. I have... Which leads to Ryan seeing Julie smooching on Daddy Evan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love how you're apologizing to me in your notes. I'm sorry that Daddy disappointed you. <laughs> Who says he's a disappointment? Whatever. He, 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 you know what? He sees in Julie exactly the kind of person that he would like to be with. Yeah. She's socially competent. Very capable at playing the game of um, of, of ladder climbing, right? Uh-huh. To get on those rungs. Uh, she has the experience of living very well. And she, he knows that she knows that she wants to continue to live well and be comfortable. And he also knows that she is not against using her body and sexuality and sensuality and uh, everything that she brings to the table to get that. She is down to smooch. Yeah, she's DTS. Hard. She is DTS (laughs) for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So whatever, I think... I think Caleb knows exactly what she's doing. I don't think he fucking cares. (laughs) I also don't think she fucking cares, but because this is a melodrama, someone is going to either die (laughs) or catch feelings. Yeah. Which is a tantamount to death. Yes, correct. The the, the little death. The little... (laughs) So okay, that's not what the little death is, and you—the little death is an orgasm. That's what I said. The little death, catching feelings that's from your not... from your clitoris, little clitoris feelings. Oh my god. Or 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 G spot. Oh my god. Feelings oh my or god. frenulum feelings. Oh my god. You know, scrotal feelings. <laughs> All of these are valid. All orgasms are valid. However, you get them. Anal, valid. You know, prostate, valid. Milking, valid. Feelings are like brain and heart feelings. E-stim, valid. moron. You know, chastity, valid. Oh, my God. Just saying. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, okay, we cut to commercial break. When we come back, Anna has come to the Cohen's house along with Marissa Mm -hmm. because they are absconding to the yacht the yacht yacht <laughs> and cohen continues to neg anna by saying what do you smell like and she says perfume and he says it smells like wood chips it smells like wood chips you fucking piece For of real. shit like okay do you remember the movie um last action hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't think I ever saw that. Okay. Quick quick plot summary. 
the the movies are a real universe where real people live, but they operate under movie logic, right? Mm-hmm. So like cartoon characters live there and you know heroes can never die and every, every right? Okay. So a kid gets uh magically transported into his favorite action movie starring Jack Slater, who is Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Uh okay. and he solves a mystery and like characters go into the movies and out of the movies. But the the general premise is the movies are a real are a real universe, you know, like a and our vision of the movies is our capacity to see within that alternate universe, right? Sure. So okay, in the alternate universe where the OC is a real thing, I want to get the magic ticket. I want to go inside the OC and beat the shit out of <laughs> Seth Cohen. I want to beat the ever loving piss out of seth cohen you could have just said i would like to go into the show and you don't have to like have the whole no i really need you to understand that like a magic ticket would get me through the screen of the television okay i would crawl out (laughs) into the boathouse i'd say ryan could you excuse us for a second pool house Uh, ryan would leave ryan would and closing the door behind him ryan would say it's a pool house and he would close the door behind him And I would grab a I would grab a boat oar and I'd beat Seth to death. <laughs> and then I would find Anna and I would put on a fake goatee so I looked like a psychiatrist. And I'd be like, "You must be the Anna I've heard of who goes sailing to the Bermudas. I think it would be very it mentally was, healthy. It was, it was to Haiti. I think that it would be very." Healthy mentally for you to forget about Seth Cohen. He's a terrible little shit. And he's dead. Okay, got to go. And then I'd take my magic ticket and I'd go through the wall and I'd come back home and I'd feel really good about myself. Mm. All right. I'd keep the boat or as as a as a token, as a keepsake. We wish no ill will on Adam Brody. No, Adam Brody, you're totally fine with me. The character you portrayed is a complete and utter schmuck. (laughs) But also, you were a little uh, complicit in the shape of the character, so Adam Brody, we hate you. (laughs) Bam! Damn! Holy shit. (laughs) That got real, real fast. Um, Oh, but this scene is also... Because the girls like trapes off to the bathroom together, yep. and there's a joke like, "Oh, girls can't." Yeah, right. Hear. Stupid Seth is like, hey, "You gotta hold each other's hair while you pee or something." Stupid women. Yeah, we hate Seth. And Ryan, this is the best burn I think so far of Seth in ten episodes. Okay, and it was not done by his parents. Sometimes I think you talk just, just to, to make, make noise. noise. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth immediately says like, yeah, I do. So what? <laughs> Stupid fucking Seth. <sighs> if Rosa has a speaking line ever, the first speaking line should be a Seth burn. I hope it's a Seth burn. Everybody, the pool should develop a voice. <laughs> and Meg Seth. And Meg Seth. <laughs> I want a campfire to literally burn Seth. <laughs> For him to be like, ow, the fire burned me. Okay. On the tip of his dick. So now we're back at the 
study cram session for yeah. the law. Is that what happens? Yeah. No, that happens later because we haven't we haven't gone over um, no. Marissa picking out her dress, Ryan talking about the dress. Yeah. Oh, that was in the scene er- the scene earlier. Yeah. Where Julie comes in and hugs Ryan. Yeah, that was scenes yeah, and scenes, scenes not, ago. Sorry. It's Sorry. not consequential. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, no. That's uh, yeah, it's not yeah. super important. So we jump to No, no, but we're actually we're at the um uh oh okay we do so we're at the yacht we're at the yacht before that because caleb asks where's sandy uh-huh he goes where's sandman and then we jump to that so yes. we're at the yacht first oh yes we're at the yacht and summer shows up with her tall stoner man uh first to arrive are um i think it's ryan and marissa ryan marissa and seth and anna uh-huh. yes because they they leave directly from the from the house, and it's also the return of Caitlin. Oh yes, we get to see Caitlin. She's alive. So Caitlin is alive. Caitlin is kind of a pawn in this game that's going back and forth between Julie and uh, Ryan because she's like, um, Caitlin is like, hello. Ryan in this very pointed way that no seven-year-old has spoken like ever and Julie's like um she's not good with new people or something like that she's not good with new she doesn't trust new people but Ryan's very Very trustworthy trustworthy. yeah Yeah, right and those eyes are like right <laughs> and she essentially like punches him with her eyes like do you understand her, eye, you her pick- eyes come out of her skull and wrap around his neck they're like are you picking up what i am putting down you 27 year old piece of shit <laughs> caitlin could have been played by a life-size doll like literally there's no reason she's not just a mannequin with a wig on but whatever it is what it is this is where caleb gets his chance to neg seth but first, they have a family photo. No, no, no. That happens it after does? this. Yes, that happens after this. Um, remember, they're all coming up and they're just saying their hellos yeah. and they're saying and they're hugging and stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and Caleb's like, ah, Seth, you look like a twisted piece of, what does he say? He looks. He says, you look like a pipe cleaner. <laughs> like, Thanks, Grandpa. What's up, you Twizzler's ass? <laughs> <laughs> what's up you what's up you curly straw bitch what's up you sentient piece of spaghetti <laughs> what's up you asparagus motherfucker <laughs> right and uh Seth's like ah thanks grandpa uh, and then uh, he's like who is this uh who's this charming firebrand or something like that and anna comes up and she's like um she's like hi caleb uh seth said that you're pretty scary but i see I see you in you like a gentle energy or something like that. This is the part where I took a note. She's got a real Drew Barrymore. Kind yes. Of oh my God. To her. I never this. even clocked that, but yes, a hundred percent a young Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And um, Caleb's like, oh, I like your moxie. <laughs> he specifically says, I like your moxie. I do too. I I'm a huge like fan the of the character of Anna. She could do way better. Yeah. <laughs> this is the hill that I'm going to sit on. Yeah. Yeah. So then at that point, then we do the family picture. Okay. And Ryan, knowing what he knows, excuses himself. But uh, Julie tries to get him in on the photo. 
She's like, oh, oh, because it's a newspaper. Yeah. It's a Newport newspaper that's covering the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, call Coopers, I'll get a, hey, Coopers, I'll get a family photo. And Julie's like, Ryan, Ryan, why don't you join us? Ryan, take your impossibly wide tie and get over here. <laughs> take that child's kite you're wearing under your collar and come join us. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 it's a family, family photo. Then summer comes. Yes. And she's got her enormous torso boy who's on shrooms. Is that what she says? He's just his. I think that's supposed to be a joke. His uh, character is very incredulous about everything. And this is also, there's a implication in here. Again, we're hinting that Summer is smart, but we don't want to say it because she provides a vocabulary word. He's like, the ocean is so big. And she's like, would you say it's... Oh, oh, he says, uh, it's so vast. It makes me feel like... And, and she, she goes, goes insignificant. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Whoa. I mean, Team String Bean Keanu. Did we ever get his name? No. No? His name is String Bean Keanu. (laughs) That's his name. (laughs) It has been decided. Yeah, there's a lot of torsos on this fucking yacht. Also, we can't come out and say that Summer is smart and worth paying attention to. We have to have it in little asides. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. So that's when what's his name says, where Sandman Kirsten shrugs. Then we cut to the office uh-huh. where Rachel is wearing a belly shirt, uh-huh. no shoes and tight jeans, low rise jeans, eating pad thai. The most offensive thing about this scene is that she says that she's eating pad thai and offers Sandy a dumpling. Well, I mean, whatever. It's Asian fusion. You know, it does. It, they're not. Of course, they're not going to be eating, you know, traditional pud thai. That's not going to be the thing that they're doing. Well, I'm sorry that that's the offensive California thing. California was one of the forefronts of Asian cuisine yeah, and yeah, Thai no, you're cuisine. Right. You're right. You're right. But a lot of a lot of it was dumbed down and Americanized for the American palate. Are you giving you the writers credit I'm sorry. You're right. I apologize. How? I apologize. I apologize. I won't do it again. <laughs> I promise I'll never do it again. So fucking Sandy. There's no dumplings in Pad Thai. So um, Sandy is trying to get work done quickly. Um, he keeps saying things like, come on, we got to work. We got to work. Like, it's obvious he does actually want to go to this thing and support Kirsten because he does know that there is a wedge being driven between them. Um, he thinks primarily it's being done by Caleb Nickel. Yeah. But he wants to get there. Like, he doesn't... And this is something that I didn't even realize until now. He hates events like this. And he's really trying to get there because he wants to be there for Kirsten. But Rachel's like, come on, we gotta do this work. Why don't you come up? So she's sitting on the floor next to the couch and she's surrounded by um, takeout containers. They're obviously empty, but it doesn't matter. And documents. Yes. And she's like, come to the floor, come to the floor, Cohen. You have to, you have to recharge your batteries. You said, why you got to eat these, these food? And he's like, you got dumplings. And she's like, right here. And so he comes to the floor. Um, then we do, we cut back to the, uh, the gala. Mm-hmm. This shit is fucking happening at the gala. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. This is where Ryan finally tells Marissa, right? This whole scene for me is kind of a blur. What do your notes say? Um, I stopped taking notes. Okay. So if I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together exactly what happens chronologically. We're back at the party. Um, things are just very awkward because yep. Ryan Oh yeah, okay. Marissa's really excited. Oh, okay. Um, Julie finds Ryan at the bar and is like, hey, so thanks for being cool and not telling Marissa that I'm boning Caleb Nickel because I want our family to be back together and I know that that would really hurt her. So maybe don't do that. And he's like, I can't remember what he says, but she's like, this is my life. He's like, I'm not going to lie to Marissa. Yeah. Because that's his whole character, characterial motivation i love this word that you've just that you've made up it's really good it's perfect that's our that's our merch yeah characterial i love it i absolutely love it that's his mo that's his thing he's honest Mm -hmm. and his whole struggle in this episode is i need to be honest i don't know when to be honest there is not a convenient or good time for me to be honest but i need to tell her this shit yeah and you have been too hard on ryan my fail son yeah yeah and at some point um because marissa's actually feeling really good because all she has seen is that Julie's actually treating Ryan with respect, mm-hmm. which is a great change from where things were before. And she's, she's seeing, guileless enough to not ascribe any motivation to that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's also actually pretty excited. And she keeps uh, saying things like, you know, maybe they'll get back together. And I can move back in. I can sneak over. And Ryan's like, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Because he knows that shit's not going to happen. Yeah. But he's not telling her why. And she's like, God, you could at least just be happy for me. And that's when he's finally like, I saw your mom with Caleb Nickel. Yeah. They boning. They, they <laughs> knocking boots. They uh, knocking them boots. <laughs> they dirtying the dirty. She is, uh, he is, she, uh, um, 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 she Caleb on his nickel, um, <laughs> Till he uh, purchased the wetlands. <laughs> really sorry. I'm God. so sorry. God. I'm so sorry. I don't think you are. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> um, she gets super pissed. Then I believe we cut back to the office. Oh, no. I also have one note. The lighting in the scene where Ryan tells the truth to Marissa really emphasizes his crow's feet. <laughs> Because he's 27? Yeah. It's just kind of one per Kirsten in the scene where everyone is boarding the yacht is wearing sunglasses out of everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's not exactly like full sunlight. So I wonder about that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even notice that. So am I? You went to. Film am I right school. after that? I'm ignoring you. After that, we go back to the <laughs> office, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. And so um, Rachel is trying to find a certain document. Oh my God! Oh, that's okay. This is twice now. 
So um, in the first scene in the office, she does a big stretch. Remember? Uh-huh. She puts her arms above her head and oh, she stretches. She reveals her midriff and the very top of her pubic mound. And Sandy's like... <laughs> he's like trying to you know not look at her body, essentially. But he's noticing it. Because she's making it really obvious. He's noticing it, but I think he's a little crappy about it. You think? I think he's kind of picking up what she's putting down, mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. We're not. He's starting to put two and two together. Sandro, Yan- Elizabeth Anthony. Cohen. <laughs> so when we go back to the office again, they're both on the floor, and she's like, "Where is this document? I can't seem to find it." And she's like, "I think it's over here." And so she bends down, revealing literally her ass crack in her tiny, tiny jeans. <laughs> And Sandy's like, Ugh. he's like, no, he's like rolling his eyes at this point, basically. Yeah. Like, uh. so then he's also like, it, uh, maybe it's here. And he's like, oh, this is kind of like Twister. And she's like, you know, I was really good at Twister. She's like, Twister got me in some real trouble in college. Uh, and he's like, I don't remember how this transitions, but um, what does she say? He says something about Kirsten and she's like, well, you and I are basically dating. Yeah. We spend all this time together. We eat meals we eat together. Meals together. We talk on the phone when we're not together. And she's like, like, she's like, like slinking. She's like slinking him. towards him on all, on all fours. Um, after she has retrieved this document. Yeah. And she's going to go in for the kiss. And unlike some people <laughs> who have been kissed <laughs> in this marriage, yeah. he's like, bitch, I gotta go. Yeah. It's great. He shuts her down. He's like, I gotta catch a bolt. <laughs> and he stands up basically like elbowing her in the face with his shoulder. And he, he, he gets it out of there. And her eyes are kind of like, shucks. Like, I desperately want this plot point to be over i desperately want this character to be over because we i think we said that at the beginning of this recording she has achieved her note it's an e (laughs) it's the tuning note for the orchestra (laughs) everyone has achieved what they need to achieve and it's over yeah we get it yeah i will be very curious in future episodes, if <laughs> if Sandy maintains this job and if we just kind of don't hear about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, like, normally in a, pers- not procedural, a show about an equal amount of teens and adults, mm-hmm. the show will eventually realize that no one gives a shit about the adults and yeah. just... <laughs> puts all of its focus on teens and it could do this in later seasons i do not recall Mm -hmm. but they seem to be really really invested in the horny adults no no they really are they really are i appreciate it being an adult myself yeah 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 yeah. so sandy's like i can't a bolt so then we come back to the (laughs) we come back to the boat in question um and who is giving a speech um, Julie. But one Julie Cooper. Julie. Excuse me. Hang on. Hang on. Audio. Audio. Um, uh, excuse, excuse me. Your attention. Momentarily. I'm Julie Cooper. 
Uh, thank you all for coming. I organized this event. Sandy Cohen stuck its dick into my muffin once. <laughs> that may be how you know me. You may remember me from such classics as My Husband Stole All Your Money. <laughs> <laughs> and other such hits. <laughs> um, also, I have red hair and no one can trust me. <laughs> Except in bed. Uh, <laughs> like the old saying goes. So... <laughs> Let's all thank uh, Caleb Nichol. No, she doesn't thank Caleb Nichol. No, she does. She's like, let's all give. She's like, let's thank Caleb Nichol. Um, tr- trust me, she does. I remember that. All right. Um, and she's like Marissa because Marissa's right now just in the audience. She's <clears throat> glowering. Yeah. In yeah. A very teen way. Yeah. Um, oh, pointedly absent from this is Seth, but we'll get on that in a second. So Marissa is, yeah. Uh, do we have to? Sorry that we do. We're, we're, we won't get there until we absolutely have to, though. We're, so we'll, we're, we'll stay at the speech for now. We're doing this for you, listener. We're a completionist <laughs> podcast. I'm going to get 100%. So, yeah, Marissa's like glowering. And um, Julie's like, come on up here, Speedy. And well, Marissa's sort of hesitating. The crowd does this really pathetic and hilarious clap. And she's like, my daughter, Marissa. And they're like. And so she kind of goes up there and um, she's like, okay, my uh, daughter Caitlin is going to pick the winners of the raffle. The prize is a romantic getaway for two. (laughs) And they give the hat to Marissa. Oh, sorry, to Caitlin. And she's like, Marissa, why don't you read the winners? And this is where Marissa takes her opportunity to fucking Stick it to her mom in the best way possible. Oh, and Ryan tries to talk her out of it at first. But then Marissa says, is that what you would do? And it's not. It's not. We all fucking know it's not. Ryan, chief among us, knows it's fucking not. The mom is going to get it stuck in, too. (laughs) So what does Marissa say? I'd like to thank my mom and Caleb Nichols. If anybody should go on this romantic getaway together, it is those two. Let's hear it for the new couple. (laughs) And then she mic drops and walks out and it's fucking glorious. What is not glorious is the reason that Seth has missed all of this because he's like walking or whatever. Before we get there really quick. Jimmy says something along the lines of, oh, we done. Yes. Yeah. So it's very nice to see. You know, I'm not saying Jimmy's like a heroic or good character, but he has more character, you know, he, uh, strength of character than Julie does. So the whole reason Seth missed this whole debacle is because before he was going in, who should fucking grab him? Oh, before that, remember, um, Marissa was like, Marissa was like, um, um, teasing her. Yeah. Because um, Summer was like, why? Why did he bring that girl? She's from Pittsburgh. What the fuck is even in Pittsburgh? No one likes her. She's stupid. And she's ugly. And I don't like her. And Marissa's like, why do you even fucking care? You hate Seth Cohen. And then she's like, oh, you like Seth Cohen. You like Seth Cohen. And Summer's like, no, no, stop it. I hate Seth Cohen. In like a voice that 
would carry <laughs> two other people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's it's television logic. Nothing matters. So, yeah. Summer grabs Seth, smorches him, uh, smorches him a lot. She smorches him like three times. Has Anna smorched him on this yacht also? She's she, on the yacht. I can't remember. No, she was about to smorch him and he was like, I'm, I'm parched. I, sh- I should get drink for me. Because he's the worst. Yeah, because he's the goddamn worst. Um, so Summer grabs him, smorches him like three times. And then she's like, fuck, I like Seth Cohen. And she kind of like collapses she down on the deck. She says exactly that. I like Seth Cohen, like in the third person. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. Uh, and and Seth is like, what, uh, what the fuck is happening right now? Because he's just been tackled, smorched by the person he likes. And then she was like, fuck, I actually like Seth Cohen. And then she says something like, if you tell anyone what I said, I will fucking gut you like a goddamn sow. And then she leaves and he's yep. like, uh-huh. understandably confused. Like the rest of the fucking audience it's is. It's a confusing time. This makes no goddamn sense to fucking anybody. But just sheer comedic relief. Yeah, no, I mean, he does a good job of being like, nice lady. Yeah, etc., yeah. etc. Et we still hate him. I still hate him. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hate everyone's choices <laughs> and actions in this fucking episode. They're all terrible. So um, Julie finds Marissa and is like, what the fuck was that? And Marissa's like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. I know what's going on. You're not going to get back to with dad. You said we were going to be a happy family. Fuck you. Um, And that parallels with uh, Kirsten's conversation with her dad. Yeah. What? She says something along the lines of you and outside of the boardroom, you and I have nothing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you're going behind my back trying to you're getting information to use against me. You're sabotaging my marriage and your fucking Julie Cooper. Yeah. And he's like, well, if that's what you have to say about it. He's so this guy is just cool as ice. He cannot be phased Mm -hmm. like that's partially what makes him so hot. Is he just doesn't care. <laughs> he loves his daughter. I don't actually give a single doubt about that. But he's like, well, if you're going to make this kind of a big deal out of me, fucking Julie Cooper, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that fucking, it's great. Sandy comes. He's like, I'm here. She goes, we're leaving. And he goes, I put on a jacket for this. <laughs> and that's essentially the end, right? Yeah, so then we get back to the house. Um, we're back in the fucking breakfast nook because that's where the only house, that's the only room in this goddamn house. So, like, this is someone's existing house, but they did not allow anybody to film anywhere except, except the, the bre- breakfast nook. Yeah. Um, and the pool. Yes, and the pool. Uh, not in this episode, though. This is just pure breakfast nook. But they have got granted access to the Correct. pool previously. Correct. Yeah. So um, what are they talking about? Um, they're sort of like touching base. Sandy and, 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 and Kirsten are sort of touching base on what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. You know, and she's like, um, you know, whatever. And then um, he says, so uh, what are you doing now? And, and she's she like, says, you. And they smorch. 
and it's wonderful. And I, oh, yeah. And, uh, and Marissa is yeah. in the pool house yep. with Ryan, and they're, smorching. they're also smorching. So it's just everyone is boning in this house except for Seth. <laughs> Seth is playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> um, um, what I do like about the Ryan and Marissa scene is they are smorching, and she's like, I should go. And he's like, you should stay. And he's like, um, we don't have to do anything. We can just sleep. Uh, and, you know, he's like, I've never just slept with a girl. And she's like, I've never just slept with a guy. And so he's like, good night. And he reaches over and he turns off the light and she keeps smorching him. And uh, she's like, suddenly I'm not tired anymore. And then we pull away from the exterior of the pool house and we cut to credits. And it's basically, they sh- could have shown a train going through <laughs> a tunnel. <laughs> because we're assuming that everyone is consummating the consummation. Yes. The consumme. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, shit. So this is episode Villains and Heroes. Yeah. You start. <sighs> I think my hero is Ryan. Explain. Ryan tells the truth. Ryan continues to be Ryan. Mm -hmm. And Ryan is, you know how Taylor Swift says, haters gonna hate? Mm -hmm. She, she, uh... I believe the line is, haters gonna hate, 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 hate. She trademarked that phrase. (laughs) Really? No. Okay. (laughs) I was gonna say, I'll put a fucking bastard. Ryan is going to Ryan, and Ryan is, I still think, until proven otherwise, the moral compass of this fucking show. Mm -hmm. And it's complicated because he also saw how his dad divorcing Julie affected her, Mm -hmm. but also, I don't know, I think, I still think it's Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. My hero is the guy that Summer brings to the boat. Because <laughs> he's the only blameless, the faultless is... child in this whole fucking debacle. The sea is infinite. The and sea is and vast. And vast. And it in... makes me feel... Insignificant. <laughs> really, I... Uh, I totally... Uh, I, I, read, I read Ryan's actions... Except for where he... T- the only good thing I think he does in this whole episode is he tells Marissa about what he saw Julie do. That is a heroic move, but that's just Ryan being Ryan. Um, I think he was trying to weasel out to secure Poon, and that's fine, whatever. You know, he's navigating his own experiences with women, and being a boyfriend is totally new to him. Um, so I think it'll come to him eventually. I think it'll come around. Not that I'm trying to make you change your answer because I would never do that. <laughs> I'm the worst. I know. But how do you square thinking that he is only after, as Limp Biscuit would call it, the nookie? <laughs> With him saying, we don't have to do anything. We can just sleep. Well, I think that he sort of had a change of heart is is what I think. Well, I think he read her hesitation in earlier scenes. Her like, oh, I got to get home, you know, stuff like that. Um, as sort of a hesitation to be with him. Because I think it's not lost on him that, you know, her first time was suboptimal, you know. Um 
So I think that was a little bit of growth. But because it's a very low fucking bar to not pressure someone into sex, still not worth being my MVP this episode. It's still the long torso guy who likes the seat. You're wrong. (laughs) I will start with villains because I think I might have multiple villains. All right. Surprisingly, I don't think it's Julie. I don't think Julie is actually my villain. You get to have multiple villains. I do. You don't have to choose one, and no one is going to tell you that your choice is wrong. There's (laughs) evidence to the contrary, but anyway, uh, rewind the tape to like a minute ago. But anyhow, uh, Seth Cohen is my my villain. Fuck Seth. Seth is the goddamn worst. Um, Anna is basically throwing herself at him um they get along they're friends she's cute as a goddamn bug deer she likes the seventh seal or whatever yeah she's like seen movies like the thing i don't like about her is that she's like petty and bullyish to summer who is obviously not on par with her intelligence but that's generally because she's like competing with her for some reason for the interests of seth cohen Ignorance does not equal lack of intelligence. Tell Anna that. Because, but these are also when the show wants us to very conveniently remember that these are teens. Mm -hmm. Teens are into bullying each other. That's very true. They like doing it on the TikTok. (laughs) And she's from Pittsburgh. And she's from Pittsburgh. (laughs) Seth Cohen is my absolute villain. Mm -hmm. Um, I fucking hate him. Um, oh, one thing that I was just reminded of while uh, remembering Anna's bullying of Summer when she's bullying her and Summer's like, I can't I, tell. I can't actually tell if you're making fun of me or not. And then Anna says something else and Summer's like, yeah, I, I actually, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great little thing. Um, We want Summer to succeed. We want Summer to do better. I don't want anyone to be with Seth Cohen. No. I don't want anyone to be with Seth Cohen. No. Like, the only reason I want Anna, the the only reason I would allow for a world where Anna is with in a world in a a world where Anna is with Seth Cohen. No, (laughs) the only reason I would allow for that world to exist is because it's something she seems to want. I would like that character to get the opportunity to see what a shit Seth is for herself and then dump him, crushing his spirit so that he can realize he's totally unlovable and move to a (laughs) monastery or something like that where he couldn't harm anyone romantically ever again. You have to let people have experiences and not take them out of them just because you are older and know what's better. People right. have to go through things. You can't save someone from their choices. No. Right? Sadly enough, if you could do that, then humans would stop making bad decisions. But you you have come to learn you cannot do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah uh, Seth is my villain. Okay. Yeah. My villain is... I need a second to think about this. I thought I was going to have a co-villain. Seth, absolutely. Oh, uh, Rachel is my co-villain. Not largely, not even really due to any action that she takes of her own volition. Really, I'm on the same page you are. It's just lazy writing. It's lazy writing. 
She's she's even worse than an archetype at this point. She's a walking trope in low-rise jeans. But also, would we have wanted her to have more depth? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, she if we're in this show, if we're going to pretend that it wants to have any kind of continuity from one week to the next, then we could assume that the writers wouldn't introduce this new job to Sandy without elaborating on it, without um, exploring what it means for a guy who was a public defender for years to suddenly go to a for profit law firm. Uh Right. That's an interesting conversation for me. Uh, for them to explore. And I sure, I certainly hope that they didn't do that whole fucking plot point of all of the conflict between him and Kirsten about, oh, you would hate it if you went to this corporate job. Oh, um, I could, I could probably help out way more kids if I go to this corporate job. Oh, it's sort of, uh, you abandoning your principles. Oh, you just like my principles when they're convenient for you. Yada, yada, yada. I hope we didn't go through all of that just so we can end up with this totally milquitoast fucking conflict between some woman that's attracted to Sandy Cohen for some reason. Oh, he's hot, whatever. She's what attracted. do you mean for some, that, reason. for some reason? Eyebrows, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like The eyebrows on the end of the dick, Evan. So it's not the end of the dick. It's above the dick. Above They're just the, above the right. dick on the pubis. And they, move, they go <laughs> when he's excited. So um, that's all I'm saying is, you know, we went through three fucking episodes of drama about this new job and for the life of me if we abandon this plot point now because it's run its course just because Rachel was the focus of it then I'm gonna be a little disappointed that's why she's my sub she's my sub enemy um actually but you know what you did this for episode six the writers are my sub enemy (laughs) the writers are the second because they're the ones who made that character they're the ones who made those decisions yeah yeah statutory rape of a minor in episode six exactly yeah yada 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 yada, etc etc okay so now that i've given you time to think about your villain who is your episode villain caleb Ooh, explain he manipulates his daughter true and it will not stand that's all I got. Yeah. I mean, that's reason enough. Yeah. You don't have to be more in depth than that. So leading into episode 11, um, I don't know anything about it, but I'm curious to see where it goes. Uh, this gala came out of nowhere. They um, just hadn't had a gala. At all yeah. Time. Boy, it had been what, like an episode yeah. since they'd had like some kind of gala, <laughs> some kind of fucking fundraiser <laughs> with the elite of Newport uh-huh. in the OC. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I'm just very curious. Will Sandy's job continue to be a plot point? Will the conflict between Caleb Nichols company and uh, the state of uh, California continue to be a plot point? Um, Will any of those things actually continue into future episodes or have they all run their course for the convenience of this bizarre plot? Um, To wrap up my thoughts, I promise I don't hate this show, Steve. I really (laughs) promise you I don't hate this show. I promise I am enjoying this just on the outs on, on the exterior. Sometimes when you eat a delicious food, sometimes that food is bitter. And your face will make a bad face, but you're still enjoying it. 
which, you know, allegorically here would mean sometimes you scream at the television and you throw things at it, but you're still doing it because you're enjoying it. We haven't actually thrown anything. We just kind of groan a lot. We kind of threatened to heave the television out of the window a lot. There's a lot of defenestration <laughs> yelling. Final thoughts, Sarah? Head empty. California, Evan? California, Sarah. You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched the OC. Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and questions by Sarah. Recorded by Evan. Edited by Evan. Uploaded by Sarah. Please give us as many stars as the platform you're listening to this on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2022.